Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we're sharing a recent conversation that I had with Abby Hamilton, Chief People Officer at Live Intent, presented as part of HR Daily Advisor's recent HR Now virtual summit on wellness and burnout. Abby was kind enough to join us for our first ever HR Works podcast live episode, hosted in front of a live virtual audience of HR Daily Advisor subscribers. But we didn't want this loyal HR Works podcast audience to miss out on this great conversation. So we're bringing you that conversation here today. Let's check it out. Abby, welcome to the HR Works podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, Abby is a strategic and passionate human resources leader with over 15 years of experience in the talent acquisition and HR space. She's led teams in ad tech, martech, pharmaceuticals, and the medical devices world, building globally consistent programs and partnering with leaders throughout the business world to empower employees to bring their best selves to work. She's also been recognized recently as a 2022 Top Women in Media and Ad Tech honoree for her work in DEI by Ad Exchanger and Ad Monsters. So Abby is a, a great guest to have on here. And again, Abby, we're really excited to get you introduced to our audience, many of whom are meeting you probably for the first time. So why don't you start us off and just take us through your career path a bit and share what led you to pursuing a career in human resources. Sure. And nice to be in front of so many people today. Like many others that ended up on people teams, I didn't even consider this world before I fell into it. When I graduated college, I moved to New Jersey, which was a place I'd never even visited before that day. And I packed everything I had in the back of my red Chevy Cavalier. I was working in retail and I was looking for a job. I went to business school, so of course I wanted to be a manager one day. Of what? I don't know, I had no idea. So I was looking around and I found a recruiting agency in the Sunday paper. And yes, that is how people found jobs back then. So I sent them my resume and didn't know what was gonna happen. I got a call and we were talking about what I wanted to do and the owner of the agency asked if I'd thought about being a recruiter. And my response was, I think a couple of recruiters had called me. So anyway, despite that terrible response, she invited me to come in and meet her and the rest of the team. And I went in right after my final interview with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. It was a really good day that day. And then the next day I went back to shadow the agency and I received an offer for both jobs. And I ended up taking the recruiting job because I saw it after shadowing that day that I needed to just talk on the phone all day and work really hard. And if I did both of those things, I could make money. Little did I know, so much more than that, but I give a big shout out and thank you to Debbie Bruno for recognizing something in me and giving me that chance back in the day. And after the agency world, I went into corporate recruiting and it began what I felt like was a natural evolution into career pathing, which turned into some employee relations work. And then I fully moved into an HR and people operations based position. And I've now been at Live Intent for almost five years and I'm the chief people officer. That's great. And thank you for sharing that path, Abby. Again, that really is a career path where you had that fork in the road of making a a career decision early on. And uh, we're so glad you made the right one here and, and are joining us today. Yeah, it's the right one. All right, so let's talk about 
again, wellness and burnout, but really I want to focus on leadership with you today and how wellness and burnout can affect leadership in organizations and specifically HR leaders. So let's start there. Why should leaders prioritize their own wellness in 2023 and actually showing their employees what it means to have work-life balance, not just talking about it? Yeah, excellent question. And I, I think it's key to pause here and say, you don't need to show signs of burnout or complete exhaustion in order to prioritize self-care and mental wellness. It needs yeah, to happen great. much more before that. And so the same is true as a leader. You have to prioritize your own self-care and allow ourselves to operate at our best. And so if we don't model that behavior we want others to do, they're not gonna potentially follow it. We have to be vulnerable. We've gotta be honest about what those things are for ourselves. And wellness and balance means something very different to every individual. And often it doesn't look the same for all members of your team. When you're a leader, people are always watching, even when you think they aren't. So if they see you being real and authentic and doing what you need to bring your best self to work, they're more likely to do the same in whatever way is best for them individually. I love that. Yeah, you're again, leading by example, you are really being the person for your employees to look up to. And, and I love too what you said at the start there, Abby, that you don't have to be burned out to display good acts of work-life balance. You can get out in front of that and really be proactive as leaders for organizations. That's really great feedback. So as leaders and high-performing managers, what makes them uniquely susceptible to burnout? Something maybe we don't talk about so much. Oftentimes we're looking at our employees, our direct reports, but what's making those leaders, those high-performing managers susceptible to burnout themselves? Yeah, anyone that's in a high-stress situation repeatedly can get burnout. However, leaders and high performers often also have a self-imposed pressure and bar for success that just isn't possible to live up to all the time. Also, even though we say asking for help isn't failure, many times you'll find high performers won't do that because they think that it is failure and that burnout cycle gets worse or it continues down that path. So for those individuals to not burn out, they need to find outlets for stress. They also need to find moments to prioritize not being busy for the sake of being busy. And now, I'm actually going to switch to be more me focused because I feel like I'm saying that out loud because I should be doing that and I'm giving myself the advice I need to hear. So that includes how I deal with mistakes, right? If something fails where I thought it would fail, that's not failure. So reminding myself as those things happen with pressure, I need to pick myself up, of course, apologize if needed, make it right, move forward, move on. But yeah, there, there is a, a self-imposed pressure that can make it very unique for that group. Absolutely. I mean, that's just understanding empathy too and understanding that you're being human and being able to show that. And that can be challenging for leaders. Sometimes, again, you want to come across as being flawless or really being being your best self. But realistically, that's not always possible. And being comfortable with that, being okay with that, I think that, that is something great to embrace, um, certainly look at, to get out in front of burnout, show that, look, we're human, we make mistakes and, mm -hmm. and not have to live up to sometimes that impossible bar. Are there any other major contributing factors to leadership burnout? Again, this is something that doesn't get talked about so often. Right. One I, I often see is a lack of delegation, right? And delegating doesn't mean that your intended task will be completed exactly the way you would have done it. But looking at delegating as a way to free you up to do other work. And it also develops the abilities and 
potentially accountability of the other person. And so things like this, this is where we say as leaders, we need to help our teams work smarter and not harder. Can you delegate the report you need to do to someone else? Do things you commit to have realistic due dates with everything else you have going on? And look holistically at that. Balance and think through all of these things and try not to make this a self-induced problem because it goes back to, we're doing a lot of these things to ourselves. Right. One thing I found very interesting as well, just to help set your leadership team up for success, is even in the onboarding and upskilling opportunities and looking at ways to really train your managers to be prepared to be managers. Yeah. One one piece that, that I read recently, probably over the last few months, was that middle managers and really millennial managers are really being impacted by burnout challenges. And I think these are many managers who are new to their positions and new to maybe having that leadership role. Um, and setting them up for success early on and teaching, again, some best practices, including delegation, as you mentioned, could be a really great approach for HR teams and ways for HR leaders to support their leadership team across the board, not just themselves, but leaders within the organization. 100%. That's great. So looking at how leaders can combat their burnout challenges and be a positive example, are there any other ways to really set that, that great course going forward? Just to give, again, our listeners, our audience, some yeah. ideas as they're thinking of ways to really enact change and be good leaders and positive examples in their workforce. Yeah, I think you hit a key word there, are two words, positive example. So be honest so you know that one, it's okay to be transparent and two, it's okay to ask for help. So some easy ways to do that today turned into a really heavy meeting day. Can someone help me with X, Y, Z? Or even on a personal front, my, my dog is sick and right. I'm really worried about her. So my mindset may be a little off today. And lead in the way you want others to act. And I found when I've done this, I was surprised at how easily and quickly people rallied around me, but then also how authentic they started to become in return because it felt give and take. That's that key word, authenticity. Uh, I think so many of us have experienced that over the last few years where the playing field really got leveled for so many of us moving to a remote environment where all of a sudden you had looks into everybody's personal lives, whether it was dogs running in the background or, um, again, unexpected things that would pop up that, that would require you to have to jump offline. And, and it was that understanding, this new understanding of flexibility and also a little bit of vulnerability that we all got to show that I think has helped uh, create that, that more open conversation from even the leadership level down. It accelerated it. Yeah, absolutely. How was our understanding, though, too, of, of workplace wellness? How has that changed? Um, and really what makes for a successful wellness program in 2023? I know I gave you two questions there. So let's maybe start <laughs> with what's changed? How's this conversation changed? Yeah, we're recognizing that you're more than simply what you do at work, more than ever before. So you can now be more transparent and authentic at work to bring those two words back. Right. It's In fact, it's requested that you show up authentically. And to start to go into your second part there, it's important to have wellness programs that benefit our employees in both their personal and professional lives because they have meshed together in many, many ways. Oh, my favorite way that, that I've heard it referred to now is work-life blend, right? Not yes. the idea of work-life balance like because it is very rare now that you have a just start and stop in your work life and, and personal life. They mix together and that really is that flexible work approach. Mm -hmm. Every day. So 
with our team, with our audience here that's really looking to learn, what's one thing HR teams should start doing in 2023 to create a more supportive and positive wellness culture for their employees and, and helping to beat burnout? Yeah, and we're having the same discussion internally here at Live Intent. And I've realized that we absolutely crush ourselves thinking everything gets an equal piece of the pie. And we've got to do all of these things. And we've got to practice what we preach when it comes to wellness. And as people teams, we're expected to have robust answers and solution for all people-related problems. But most problems are people problems. So where does that leave us? COVID, financial crisis, war, We've had three straight years of unpredictability and craziness, and we're expected to have the answers to so many of these things. So my start this year is to give ourselves the same grace for giving others. This has been a lot, and there is no end in sight to the demand of unsolvable issues being placed on HR teams right now. Absolutely. As you said, it's a stressful period. We're seeing it even in the yeah. the last month with just the wave of layoffs and discussions within workforces that weren't expected. I mean, this right. time last year, we were talking about the great resignation and, and it being a, a talent forward market to now seeing again with waves of layoffs that are reaching peak numbers, having to deal with that stress and, and manage that stress within a workforce and keeping your employees positive. It's a challenge that that teams will certainly have to look at. So in combating that, what's maybe something HR teams should stop doing in 2023 that can actually help these burnout efforts? Yeah, I've also heard of people team referred to as the plus one team, and that stuck with me, right? Okay, Okay. don't know what to do with that. The people team can help. So plus one, plus one, plus one, we get all of that. And sometimes more is more, that doesn't mean better. So more initiatives, more burden, more expectations to find big solutions to big initiatives that you're proud of and excite every employee you have. But we don't always need to add more. So when we're tired, because I'm tired, we need to pause, we need to reflect, and also find things that inspire us to dig into. So let's stop adding so much and let's give to get. So what are we giving up to take on this other project or initiative? And are we fulfilled along the way too? Because that's going to allow us to do our best work. That's some great advice there, Abby. Thank you for sharing that. So now we're here with Abby Hamilton, Chief People Officer at Live Intent. Abby, as you're leading the people team at Live Intent, the plus one team, uh, (laughs) what is your biggest priority for 2023? Yeah, I mean, there's so much going on in the world. So my big focus for 2023 is to support and empower our people for whatever's going to come next. The world is full of so many unknowns, and we continue to have absolutely no idea of what is coming down the pike. There are things in our control, and there are things that aren't. So how do we empower the people at Live Intent to do the things necessary to control the uncontrollable. So we're watching, we're listening, we're adapting on the fly, but come back to support and empower. Those are my biggest priorities for 2023. I love that idea of empowerment. Again, giving your teams the tools to succeed and really build their careers. I think that's such a great way to look at and set your teams up for success in 2023. Is there anything else you're excited about for the future of HR? We say this often on the HR Works podcast, a great time to be in HR. So what are you excited about in HR this year? 
Yeah, this ongoing shift towards growth and development and connection, that's super exciting to me. There are so many talented people out there and there's a hunger for growth and continuous learning that we play a direct role in influencing. The rate of change has not slowed down and it's bringing some great conversations like this one we're having today about wellness to the forefront. I can't imagine having this discussion in an acceptable way 10 years ago. It was just a very, very different work landscape. And so the fact that this is continuing to evolve and move and be so people focused and people forward is super exciting to me. Well, our understanding of wellness has changed so much in the past few years as well. I think the idea of wellness and work-life balance pre-2020 was probably logging off at an appropriate time and getting home before dark or getting home in time to, to maybe make dinner to now where you can see, okay, there's a flexibility in a work schedule and we understand what work-life balance can mean to different people. And it could be different to all employees. And I think we're starting to prioritize that going forward. And, and with that comes a lot of efforts to put employees first and really find ways to serve employees, which is exciting. Sure is. All right. So Abby, as we're looking and providing some great advice to our audience on creating a, a positive wellness culture, especially at the leadership level, where, where often we don't yeah. get to have that conversation, let's look at, at you. And I'd love to share more of your story. So do you have any advice, professional advice that you would have received along the way that you've leaned on that you could pay forward to our audience? Yeah. So there was a time I was talking to our COO it was about something I was supposed to do that I hadn't done yet. I was putting it off. And as my response, I told him, I'm too, I've I've just been too busy. I'll get to that. He looked at me and he said, are you too busy or is this just not important enough to you? And I was back on my heels a little bit because he was right. If that was truly important to me and a top priority, I would have found the time and I would have deprioritized other things. I hadn't because I valued other things more, or maybe I was unsure of what I was really supposed to do next, so I just kind of put it off because I didn't want to admit that. And that changed me, and I repeat that to myself often because it's so simple, but now when I'm too busy creeps into my mind, I think, am I too busy? Or maybe this isn't important to me. So should I ask for help here? Can I deprioritize it? Or is this something that just doesn't need to be done at all right now? That's a great takeaway. And again, something great that a lot of our listeners can learn from there. So thank you for sharing that, Abby. Now, again, we're here with Abby Hamilton, Chief People Officer at Live Intent. Abby, what do you have going on at Live Intent that you're excited about right now? If there's anything you want to share with our audience, now's a great opportunity to do so. And also to share with our audience where they can learn more about Live Intent, providing a website or, or any, again, outreach points that you may recommend. Sure. Yeah, you can come visit us at liveintent.com, but also you can find me on LinkedIn. So Abby Hamilton on LinkedIn would be the key place. I am super excited about some things happening at Live Intent and in the world. It was a tough 2022 for us, so I can't say anything different, but I am so impressed by and so proud of the people here and how we've really pulled together to do great things and try and advance the business in 2023 and beyond. I do think 2023 for most of us is gonna continue to be a slog based on everything I'm, I'm hearing and reading, but doing that with people you like working with and respect, that is, that is special. And that is what keeps me here. That's why I get up every day and I come do this 
with these amazing people, especially my people team. So it's a big shout out to them too. It takes a lot of time to build a solid people team and people you trust and you know are in it with you. And I have that now. And so I am super excited about that for 2023. All this to come, even though there are so many unknowns, I don't really know what that's going to be, but I'm in it with people I like. And so much of that is embracing the unknown. And we're in such a period now too, where you've got to be comfortable doing that and leaning on the people around you can be so crucial. So again, thank you for sharing that, Abby. Now you alluded to this, but one thing we like to close out all of our, our podcast interviews with, and this is a question all about motivation. So when you wake up in the morning, your feet hit the floor, what is the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? Yeah. So first is, can I get up? fast enough to have a little bit of time before my kids wake up. So that does motivate me to get out of bed and have a little bit of me time. And over this COVID period, I've found that movement is my medicine for me. So I try and get an hour, at least a very quiet time where I can move my body. Um, And whether that's exercise or that's yoga, or that's just stretching to put my mind in the, the right spot for the day. And that's become my form of of self-care and leave my anxieties behind for that one hour to just focus on me before then i jump into mom mode then i jump into work cpo mode then i jump back into mom mode then i maybe finish work then i fall into bed right so the rest of the day feels like it's not mine. So the more I can prioritize that little bit of me time, coming back to the wellness thing, that has really helped keep me going and helps me get out of bed when that alarm goes off in the morning. That is great. And you've done a great job of bringing this full circle to that first piece of advice we had of, again, prioritizing yourselves and putting yourselves first and your wellness first going into 2023 and setting yourself up to, again, have that healthier lifestyle and beat burnout through promoting your own wellness, and that will then trickle down through your employees. So uh, glad to see you're embracing that one, Abby. And again, thank you for sharing that. And above all else, thank you for joining the HR Works podcast. This is a great live session just to discuss, again, those leadership tips and ways to prepare our HR leaders or prospective HR leaders, aspiring HR leaders, to really embrace their own wellness and help bring wellness into their organization. So uh, again, really enjoyed this conversation, Abby. This is great. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun and great to do this live. And that concludes today's very special episode of the HR Works Podcast Live. I just want to extend another big thank you to Abby Hamilton, Chief People Officer at Live Intent, for helping us make that first live event a success. And we look forward to many more. And for any of you listeners out there who want to join our next live podcast experience, head on over to hrdailyadvisor.com and sign up for our next HR Now Summit. We hope to see you there.